0: This episode of the Peace on Drugs podcast is brought to you by censorship. After a 1969 congressional commission, the FCC extended its censorship guidelines to songs about drug use, and songs still today on FM have bleeped out things like smoking weed. While a lot of sexually explicit, misogynistic, and violent lyrical content is a okay Is telling artists that singing about substances that inspired them isn't allowed, a violation of the First Amendment? Eh, I think that the Constitution is more like Code of the Pirates.
1: The code is more what
0: you call it. guidelines than actual rules. Yo, I was rolling down the street in my Cadillac Looking for some underage ass to tap So my friend bought the blunt and said so I took her in And I rolled up on that chick and said you swallow a spit. She said I got a
2: boyfriend, he'll beat
0: your ass So I pulled out my piece and said I'm ready to blast I turned to my boy and said you'll pass that blunt She looked at the blunt and said
2: if, if I roll with you, can I smoke that too?
0: I said you ain't old enough Smoke this bunch. She said, oh, but I'm old enough to rub your junk. I said, nah, you're right. Then I popped the trunk. I said, look in the trunk. We'll get high as fuck. I got a hundred s briefcase and it's full of stuff. Like PCP, and LSD, cocaine, DMT. PCP, LSD, cocaine, okay.
2: DMT.
0: Those drugs. The FCC is gonna find the shit out of us. Sorry bro, the bleep button was stuck. It's okay, I think the rest of the song is good. She lived in the trunk, there wasn't nothing inside. I cracked her on my head with my forty-five. We closed up the trunk and we went for a ride. Yeah, this song is derivative. You got a girl in the trunk, you think you're M&M? Yeah, why the fuck we play this shit in the first place? <laughs> okay, so um, I chose uh, censorship as this week's fake advertisement because Linda didn't want to use her last name, and it uh, put the idea of censorship in my head. And not that being, like, somewhat anonymous is censorship, but... Um, Linda, you know she was a heroin addict and went through some wild trials and tribulations with her addiction so i can understand why she may not want you know, like anyone googling her name to be able to find a podcast and hear you know some of her darkest moments um you know it's personal and drug addiction is so stigmatized in our culture and um, th- i think this podcast was a uh, very very important i think it could help people people that hear her story and um Anyway, that, that song that we opened up with, I know it was really vulgar. Sorry for that. But um, I think I was just making my point that sometimes we, and I'm, a lot of that stuff would have been censored along with the drug stuff on FM, I know. But I'm just, uh, I was just making a funny point that censoring drugs is stupid. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so today's guest is Linda. Again, she's coming on here to tell her story about heroin addiction. I think she's very brave for coming on to my podcast and sharing her stories you know because you know she she's beat her addiction and she now lives in an apartment in Captiva which is it's paradise it's an island off the coast of Florida right near where I live in Fort Myers and her apartment it's it's really nice and it sits right above the bar she works at she's in a, you know, a porch and she looks out it's just a beautiful area there and she works right below it so she can walk to work when she's off she can walk right down to the beaches right down there there's all these little restaurants on the strip it's really really cool so her story really could help people. You know, I have, I have friends that might be listening that are struggling with addiction and other people that listen struggle with addiction. And you know, this podcast might help them. I think it's important for people to come out and talk about these things. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Linda Smith, for doing this podcast. Stay tuned after the podcast. Um, I'm going to put a song that me and my wife, we, uh, we wrote and recorded it. And um, we had some help from my friend Joseph Coward. And it was a song about being friends with an addict. It was after I watched that horrible show, Intervention. And I've talked about this on my podcast before, but where they had, uh, there was a, a meth addict a woman being arrested. And then the, the her drug counselor or the doctor, whatever, looked into the camera and said, she is very, very sick and she's in a very bad place. Jail will be good for her. And, I mean, I just... My head almost exploded I was like You're a doctor Have you ever heard of a hospital And um, so I, that's when I started I was working on a song already And I had some lyrics But I didn't know where the song was going And I was like I'm gonna write it about Being friends with an addict And so I started changing Some of the, some of the words to fit And then writing more words And kind of came up with this song And decided I wanted it to be one That um, that Megan sang lead on Because her voice It sounded so good Singing the song So she took She sang all the vocals She did piano And I just did some guitar And We put it together, so I I don't want to put music in the podcast, you know. You're trying to listen to a podcast, and all of a sudden you got to hear my song. But if you want to hear my song at the very end of the podcast, uh, just keep listening, and it'll be what plays as soon as the podcast is over. And um, if you want to listen to the song separately from the podcast, you can go to my SoundCloud, download the SoundCloud app, or just go to soundcloud.com and look up Aaron Akulis, A-A-R-O-N-A-K-U-L-I-S. Also follow me, uh, me on Twitter, same name, at Aaron Akoulas. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Peace on Drugs podcast. Uh, sign up to our email list at um, thepeaceondrugs.com, thepeaceondrugs.com. I recorded this podcast uh, at Linda's apartment in Captiva. So the sound quality isn't quite as good as it would be here in the studio, but it still turned out really good. So um, let's jump right in.
1: America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs are menacing
0: our society. Any thoughts on the drug problem.
1: I had a great time doing drugs.
0: So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This is the piece on on drugs. All right, so I'm here with Linda. We're going to talk about drug addiction, today's. So let's just, let's jump right in. So what what age were you when you first started experimenting with drugs?
1: Jeez, I think I first started smoking marijuana at 13. I took my first acid hit at 14. And shit just started getting really bad at 25.
0: 25. So, so you we're know.
1: Experiment pe- with the softer stuff first, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I I know marijuana is viewed as a gateway drug, but do you think it's possible that, like... So what what led to the marijuana? What led to trying that?
1: My older sister's boyfriend... Remember the High Times magazines in the back? They had all those ads. Yeah. And there was this ad for, like, Yuba Gold. It was, like, kind of fake weed or whatever. And I first tried that, and obviously it didn't do anything, and I was more curious to find out what it actually did and my older sister is four years older than me and her boyfriend we went for a walk one night and smoked a joint and I loved it it made me comfortable and relaxed and chill
0: yeah funny I I smoked when I was 13 (laughs) when I first smoked Um, and yeah it was had an incredible first high, but I think for me, one, how what, it was a gateway for me, but it was I don't blame marijuana as a gateway. I think I was like, well, they lied about marijuana being dangerous, so what else did they lie about? What other kind of highs could be enjoyable and fun? Because marijuana was enjoyable and fun, and it led to pills, which were uh, Xanax was the big one we did, and Percocet right and stuff. Um, I think I tried Percocet when I was first 14, but there was never any addiction to it because it was hard to come by. But every once in a while I would. St. Xanax we did a lot. That was more in high school. And then um, it, it led to cocaine all kinds of drugs honestly but um but i don't think again i don't blame marijuana i think there's a there's another reason marijuana is the gateway if you're buying drugs from a drug dealer and not from a store like if you go to a a shop in colorado and buy pot they're not gonna be like well we also have these other drugs we want to sell you right your drug dealer who's selling to you at 13 or 14 will sell you whatever they want to make money on so if they have oh try this try that so there's a lot of reasons marijuana got uh they kind of used it like justified its being illegal, that it'll lead to other things. Well, alcohol leads to other things just because I get drunk and make bad choices. But I don't think that alcohol is necessarily a gateway drug to most people because they go to the store and they buy it and they're not offered other things. It's restricted, you have to be 21. Pot was, buy it from a random dude who has other shit. So, so I'm sure that you know there was things in your life whatever it is that led to you wanting to escape reality uh, as a kid. At least that's what happened to me. I I wanted to just kind of get out of my own head and...
1: I didn't really have, like, a bad childhood. I mean, I've had a kind of a difficult relationship with my father. And maybe that's why I wanted to numb myself a little bit with other shit, but it really wasn't... Like, other than that, I, I had good grades. I, you know, I did really well in school and had loving family and but I always think like what happened but it was the drugs that made me go through worse experiences like situations that I put myself in that made me maybe get further into the drugs yeah so Maybe yeah. that's so how they can well, consider the, it a gateway job. Well, there's though. also the culture
0: and the black. When you're dealing with the black market and you're dealing with, uh, you know, there's a nefarious side of the underbelly of you know, drugs when they're when they're underground. So you end up in situations with people that are sketchy, and and you find yourself in bad places. And the relationships, mm-hmm. and friends you find with the in those places also can be kind of toxic so you find yourself in a place where you're experimenting with drugs you might not usually use so how, how did it so it, it led to heroin addiction right right but so so that was 25 when you first did heroin
1: mm-hmm. my daughter's father introduced me to it uh we were at a, a show a concert and
0: who, who he was on
1: john butler trio okay <laughs> and him and his friend were doing it and i was
0: were they shooting it or smoking it Shooting it, shooting it, but
1: they didn't tell me about it. I could just tell they were yeah beyond fucked up. And I was like, well, I want to see what the big deal is. So the next day, or maybe two days later, he got it for me. And the
0: first time I did it, I shot it. Really? And the first time yeah. you did it? That's crazy. I, I, the first time I did it, I smoked black tar. Smoked it for a while. And the kids that I was smoking it with at their apartment, eventually they were all shooting. And I did eventually shoot it one time only, and I got lucky because I moved back right to Florida, and I didn't keep hanging out there, and I just did never did it again because that first experience was amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it was like I melted into the world. It was. I couldn't walk. Yeah. My just, legs,
1: like, wouldn't move.
0: It was, oh. But it was a good feeling, but I moved away, my buddy that I did it with ended up bad addicted. He got off of it. So anyway, uh, so you, you shot it your first time. Yep, Yeah. And, 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 and then did it start as like a here and there thing?
1: Uh, once I did it, uh, it was like maybe it once a week, then two days a week, then two days in a row, and then once I got to three days in a row, just like that. You were just I was sick.
0: I did not do didn't it the fourth it. day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Then, you know, all the shitty stuff happens where you steal from people and,
0: and, and this happens. do whatever you have to do. Yeah, because you don't, because you can't go through withdrawals because it's lit it's hell. It's the worst. It's, it's the health. worst thing in the world. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand about addicts if they're stealing from their family. It's, it's not. Ha- it's the addiction. Exactly. And it's the fact that you have a drug that is extremely powerful, um, extremely pleasurable, and the withdrawals are extremely horrible. And the price of these drugs are really high because it's street prices. If this drug was legal... That, and they had it regulated. It would be pretty cheap to, to get your high and move on. Other countries like Switzerland would do this, but when you're scoring on the streets, it's like a thousand percent increase in price. And people don't have money to, to support that, so they steal. Right. But, um, there's women that go into prostitution.
1: I sold everything that I had, and then till I had to sell myself, like you just said, prostitution. Like, not happy about it, but at least I'm not there now. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a it horrible situation that we put our own people in, because we keep these, these drugs. I mean, people that get addicted, and you know, it's. I feel like you're almost an anomaly that you started start straight with heroin, because a lot of people started with oxycotin. Right. And then Oxycotin got pulled, or they, they cut back on, it and then people were forced to go look for other things, mm-hmm. or they got prescribed to have they got broke out of an injury, and the doctor right. cut their supply fast. And,
1: they get addicted to it, and then when they cut the medication off, they get sick or yeah have that urge.
0: Yeah. And Which then, is
1: basically, I'm still on Suboxone. Like, yeah. it just makes me not have that urge.
0: And so the Suboxone, that blocks your opioid receptors? It
1: depends. There's Subutex
0: and there's Suboxone. The Sub- Suboxone has Naloxone, so that blocks...
1: Or, but, yeah. Well, I can't get this straight here. The one that has Naloxone, if you do it too soon after you're like on heroin, you have to be through really hard detox before you can take the Suboxone because it has the Naloxone. Subutex is just a Gryphonorphine so that you can take that anytime. So the, I think the Naloxone is the blocker.
0: Now if you, so if you take Kratom, does it still affect you if if you're on the blocker?
1: Pretty sure it does. Um, I used Kratom to come off of the Subutex or Suboxone. I wasn't prepared to come off of it and I had to stop cold turkey because I was in a different state and I wasn't with my doctor. But uh, I used the Kratom to come off of the Suboxone and it, but coming off the Suboxone, it's not as bad as they say it is. Like they say it's gonna be a month withdrawal, but it's like three, four days of being sick, longest days of your life, longest nights, can't sleep, legs kicking. And then after that, after that physical sickness, it comes the mental sickness. Yeah. That's when you're like depressed and you can't get up out of bed. You don't want to do shit. So the kratom actually helped me get yeah. up out of bed, feel better. Like, like almost like an antidepressant.
0: It cur- well, it curbs your withdrawals because it actually is an opiate. It's just not nearly as dangerous. It doesn't, it doesn't work with all your opioid receptors. So like it, it can not cause an overdose, but also you're still going to get withdrawals from the ones that's not working with, but it helps with a lot of the other ones. And when I came off of Vicodin, I, I, it was a huge help. Like I went through, um, I, I got arrested for pot, fucking ridiculous. You guys do it. Yeah, they made <laughs> me, I had to do three months of drug counseling for a little bit of pot. Come on. And, um, and they did random drug testing. At the time I was addicted to Vicodin. So I was like, what am I gonna do? My buddy told me about Kratom right before that happened. And that saved me from failing a drug test because I was able to stop taking Vicodin and go through Kratom. And and I would st- I would take stop taking vitamin like four days before my class and just eat a bunch of kratom just to get through those and you didn't
1: days. You did get through like you didn't through I, the test?
0: I, I felt not good, but I right, didn't feel right. nearly as bad. And I was able to go to my class not worried about failing a drug test. And um and then. Uh, I got once the classes were over, I went back to the Vicodin. And eventually, when I got off, I used kratom, and kratom really helped. And then I stopped using kratom. Kratom also had withdrawals, but it was very minimal compared to the Vicodin. And
1: definitely doable. See, definitely I never- doable. When I stopped my Kratom, I went right back to subs. So yeah. I don't really think I had to deal with a detox from Kratom, but I did hear that it's, it's, it's not a, It's a mild that. version
0: of that. It's just like an uncomfortable feeling. You're not sick, you're not right. throwing just up. Just just, you just feel Kind of like the skin crawling part of it. And, and it might be worse for us having had addiction because we're more aware of what that feeling is. Because I've heard most people right. say that right. it's like getting off of coffee. I'm like, mm. But.
1: A lot of it's mental. I it, think. It is. You know,
0: and that, that's, a, that's very true. I wonder how much of it is just psychosomatic that I'm even feeling anything. That I'm right. Like,
1: well. Know.
0: Besides the puking. And- well, no, no. no Heroin <laughs> withdrawal. That's, that's legit. There's no psychosomatic. I mean, some of it's a little bit. There was an interesting story I read that said that there was a time when they, they, they actually did a huge heroin bust and I believe it was in Vancouver. And there was zero heroin on the streets. They, they, The cops tested all the heroin on the streets. There was no heroin found in it. There was like some cocaine and different things. Because oh, there was no heroin. They said and none of the people were, were freaking what? out. They all was like, oh, the heroin sucks right now. But they weren't going what through it. What was pre- it? It was just, who knows what the fuck they were shooting, you know? Oh,
1: that's scary.
0: That is scary. But, oh. um, but it's just a, a weird fact that people weren't like like shaking and throwing up, but they, uh-huh. were, they were they were saying the heroin was weak and weren't feeling well, but they weren't going through as bad as they would. The story seems weird to me But though.
1: they still got high?
0: That's what, that I guess is the, through the placebo they were getting something out of it. I, the story doesn't make any sense to me, I'll tell you that, because I, I, I think you could have gave me a placebo when I was going to Viking withdrawal and it would have done shit. But I don't know. I don't know, it's just, it was an interesting story. But you know, it's, it I think about heroin busts. I was on Twitter, you know, and I follow like the War on Drugs hashtag and you'll see cops posting like, we just like hooray to this, this always a dog we try to play on human emotions. Like this dog just did the best service. We just busted a hundred kilos of heroin. I'm like, and I'll, I'll quote their tweet. I'll be like, all right, you actually did nothing. What you did was you created a, a, a fentanyl increase in the, in the heroin supply and the users. So, so now you're going to see a lot of overdoses. That's all you're going to see.
1: I'll tell you what, I had almost 12 years clean. I was telling you this the other day. And when I relapsed last year, well, a year and a half ago, it was all fentanyl in Philly. It's all fentanyl now. Yep. And I would buy a bag, and it went down from $10 to $5 a bag. And I would open it up and dump it out, and I was like, this is like grains of salt. What the fuck is this? This is not going to get me high. Shoot it up, I was fucked up.
0: Yeah. Baca. That shit is super powerful. Like, super unbelievable. Powerful. Yeah, It was it
1: was nothing in my mixer.
0: like. Yeah, no, my, I watched my buddy do a line of fentanyl. And I was like, I want to try a little bit of that. So I did, the, I did the, like you said, grains. I did the smallest amount. Right. And I thought I was going to die. My eyes were rolling back in my head. I was throwing up. I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucked up. I was like, dude, you got to get off this. He just did a line. And that's how big his tolerance is. It's like when you hear stories about Kurt Cobain. You know, like the reason he didn't kill himself is he had so much heroin a horse would die. I'm like, you don't understand tolerance then, because he was a horrible addict. He could handle that much. Oh hell yeah. That was probably I his used regular. To do 12,
1: to, Twelve bags a day.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. And, and was that mostly black tar?
1: No, it was. It was from like Trenton. We would get a brick.
0: Like like a white powder or something.
1: Yeah, a brown. A brown a brown yeah. powder. Oh yeah. I've
0: never done that. Like, I've never done that. It was black tar. Was what we what we did. Yeah, would, I've never done that. Apparently it's like, look, my buddy, afterwards, He the doctor said, well, the only advantage of shooting garbage in your veins is your immune system is probably pretty powerful now, but that's what you're shooting, who knows what you're shooting. So exactly. another, another dangerous fact of it being illegal is you become an addict, and now you're shooting up who knows what into your veins and sharing needles, like there's diseases that can come.
1: I just showed my fiance you know, a video that I took when I thought I was shooting meth, and, I was hallucinating, I was freaking out. I ended up having to be like um, in ICU for a week, like intubated. Wow. They put me in a, in a coma, like they put me out just because I was freaking out so bad. And this was days after I did it. And my fiance's like, that's, Linda, that wasn't meth. He's like, you'd have to shoot a shitload of that for you to feel that way.
0: So it was something
1: else. Was it bath salts? Was, I had
0: no idea. Yeah, but I just right. kept
1: doing it Because You know That's what we do
0: Yeah well <laughs> It's interesting about baths sauce, I've never tried those Because I was scared About eating faces Turns right. out the, Turns know, out the guy That ate the faces Wasn't on any of it But they didn't tell That story I Didn't know. make headlines
1: <laughs> What was he on then He wasn't on
0: anything he the only, only drug, crazy. the only drug he had in the system was THC, and it wasn't even enough to say he smoked that day. He was just crazy. But they immediately had, they had this new bath salts thing and it's fear cells. So they were like, "Ooh, bath salts make make turns men into cannibals and but people freak out." But does it
1: show? Out. Does it show up in a drug test? No, bath salts don't.
0: Yeah. No. Right. No. Well, well, they did test him for it. It came back negative. He did not have him. And Dr. Carl Hart in his book said he tried bath salts, which is I can't remember the drug's name. It might be I think it's methcathinone. I was gonna say,
1: what exactly is it? It's it's
0: a cathinone. It's a derivative.
1: It's
0: uh, Well, it's a derivative of a natural plant, but I think they make it in labs now. Like it's not the the stuff you were buying didn't come from the plant, but it is a natural kind of thing. But uh, Dr. Carl Hart said it was one of the most enjoyable substances he's done. He's like. That, that like, all the this, 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 this stuff you heard in the media is not true. Oh,
1: my thing was not enjoyable, so maybe it wasn't bad thoughts, so
0: or it just did too much. Who knows? It did too much, maybe. It I was, mean, I personally insane. don't enjoy amphetamines, and so I don't either. yeah. So That's if, why if I different. if I did, if I was prescribed Adderall, and I, I I like a little bit of it. But the thing is, when I'm prescribed, I start doing it all the time. I start feel like I'm losing my mind. Like it's a, I start getting socially awkward. Like I don't feel comfortable. I get anxiety. So I couldn't imagine doing That's like so a I feel big like dose. I smoke
1: weed sometimes, though.
0: Yeah, me too. Like it
1: depends on the strain, I guess. Like, I, I smoke weed. I feel great. I can clean the apartment and, you know, I guess it's just a sativa. But sometimes I, I panic I have, and I already have, like, heart issues from shooting too much coke and having seizures and slamming my head down on the concrete. Yeah. You know, I, I had to have staples in my head and wow. from that caused me permanent heart damage. Really? So I, I I always tremor. I always have I always shake, I always have tremors. I'm on a propanol for that. I don't know what that is. It's it's almost like a pre Parkinson's medication. Oh really? It's, and it's off market for anxiety. But if I don't take it, I can't even serve a drink downstairs. Like I'm Really? It's it's like I drank a pot of coffee. I just constantly shake. Man. Yeah, the after effects. Poncha.
0: Yeah. What's the cat's name? China cat. China I'm cat. China
1: cat something. Oh,
0: it's a cute cat. For those listening, it's mm-hmm. a you know, cat, black and white cat. Tuxedo. Pretty cat. So yes. So and how long have you been sober now?
1: Uh since January twenty fourth of last year. Well,
0: congratulations. So
1: like a year. Nice.
0: Almost. And um, do and you think you'll just discontin- I gave
1: up that whole 12 years. Yeah. And I don't, you know what, I still, I can't even say it was really 12 years clean. I still dabbled. Like, I I would get high maybe once. I'd love to shoot coke. That's my fucking problem. And yeah. when I shoot coke, I want a bag of dope afterwards to come down, so I'm not itching for another one. Uh-huh. And I might have done that, like, here and there, but I feel like I wasn't constantly addicted for those 12 years. I didn't wake up and have to fucking get a bag right away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I still feel like I was clean, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it does. Cause I think people don't understand that not every relapse I was 12 leads years without
1: being addicted. Addict,
0: exactly, not every relapse, like, it's not really a relapse, it's just you dabble. And I know, right. like when I got off Vicodin, i dabbled dabbled still, but it was never, I needed it. I just, here and there, I, when I got my jaw broke, I was prescribed pericocet that they gave me for two weeks. I was on it every day. And then they offered me another prescription, but my pain was gone. So I was like, nah, I'm out. Like, I don't want to become addicted to this. So I, it, it was easy to stop. It's not like just cause you take, t- t- it's a thing knew I how was, was it. easy for you to
1: stop? Holy shit.
0: Cause I just, I knew cause, I knew, cause I knew that I didn't want to go back to where I was when I was addicted gotcha. to that stuff. Gotcha. So I was like, I'll just stop taking it. And I had Kratom. So there was, mm-hmm. if, there, if there was any, I don't know if there would have been any withdrawals from just two weeks, probably not. But I just took some kratom and, and weaned off the kratom, and I was fine. But I, I, I think people, like, if, if the doctors had known that I was a previous addict, they wouldn't have given me anything. Oh, no. And my pain would have been immense. I went
1: to the hospital last year, and actually twice, and the first time I told they asked me what medications you want. I said, I'm prescribed Suboxone. She said, for what? A heroin addiction. I've been on that for, like, seven years now. She would not give me morphine for my pain, any opiate for my pain. Yeah. The next time I went to the hospital, they said, "What are you What are you prescribed?" I was like, "Nothing." They shot me right up with morphine, and yeah. I instantly felt better. Like, I needed that.
0: Yeah, you need it. And it doesn't and turn it, you into a they, raging addict as soon as you. T- that's like, that's kind viewed, of a myth. You're
1: labeled as soon as as soon as like the hospital hears what you're prescribed. They. They almost think you're like med seekers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they yeah, think that they, you're going, and they're just way to get drugs. And, and the
0: truth is, though, is I'm if not you, faking
1: my pain. Exactly,
0: <laughs> but the truth is, is if you're an addict and like, you, you weren't at the time, you were recovered, but if you were an addict and you're in pain and you go there, then not only do you now need medicine for your pain, but you also need it for your withdrawals, but they won't give it to you. And it's kind of ridiculous, because if you're a heroin addict, there's like uh, Dr. Carl Hart said, there's a treatment for it, it's called heroin. It sounds crazy, but if you give a heroin addict their doses of heroin and you give it to them in a controlled setting, it's gonna be affordable, they're not gonna do, have to steal for their bags, it's gonna be safe, there's gonna be regulated by a doctor, there will be no overdoses. And and then what you could do is give counseling with the treatment and then a lot of people will get better that way They're not a lot of them aren't gonna get better on suboxone. They're just gonna stay on it forever
1: Well, yeah, I, I can't see myself off of it even though I was for like, a few months But I just didn't feel right when I'm on Suboxone, and I feel normal. I feel like I can Get shit done like kind of the same as the creator but yep. This is interesting. You just reminded me of something when I found out I was pregnant, like I said, the first time I did heroin was with my daughter's father. When I found out I was pregnant, I was on heroin. So they had me do, they didn't want me to um, come right off of it. Like I, I called the clinic, I was like, I'm pregnant. I need to come in right away, get all methadone or whatever else. And they were like, well, we can't see you until like two weeks, but until then, maintain. We're not telling you to get high but just maintain. Wow. Because going through the detox would be ding- have been detrimental yeah. to my baby. But
0: they don't have you tell you how to maintain. Like, score it on the streets. Good luck. Hope it's not going to exactly. kill the baby. That's awful.
1: That was insane. Like you should have me in there today. Like in, in an hour. Yeah. That's fucked up. Two weeks for that appointment, and
0: I was supposed to maintain. <laughs> that's that's just it's so awful the way we treat we treat addicts like that like, like they're a subhuman. And, like, they're a problem. Like, we're trying to help you, but you're a problem for us. And they're people. And in countries like Switzerland, where they're giving patients heroin, they're living fun- completely functional lives, going to work, being good fathers, being good mothers, all problems. But in this country, a lot of them are homeless. I mean...
1: How can you function like that? You can't. And a lot like, of them are... They're, like,
0: there's schizophrenics that self-medicate with heroin. And, and we have nothing for them. They're living on the streets. They hear voices. And the heroin... Calms the voices in their heads, and we don't. Yeah, but
1: then you build tolerance. You have to do more and more. More and more, and you're more, paying more, more and more, more you don't more, have more. money for
0: it. You got to, it's, it's it's just a cycle of.
1: But it doesn't fuck them up?
0: Like, like,
1: they don't nod out,
0: or. Oh, the, the, the schizophrenics?
1: Well, the people that are using the heroin. Oh, oh, oh!
0: oh, In Switzerland, no, because it's it's a doctor regulated dose. So they give them the appropriate dose that you can actually maintain. They don't have to escalate, like that's what I'm saying. No, no. Once you're on a a steady supply of a drug that's maintained by like a a doctor, they know exactly the doses. They might up it slightly with your thing, but it's going to be pretty regulated, and you're never going to be like a methadone dose. But it's going to be heroin, so you're going to be high. You're gonna feel good, but and you're gonna be able to go to work feel and function. You know, my buddy that, used to, that got addicted oh, to heroin yeah. for a while, he would shoot up and go, come to work and be like, "I feel great." Oh, hell
1: yeah! Yeah, and it's That's he where was That's
0: what used to my freaking breaks. Yeah, so go and get. Go I mean, I smoked day. heroin on breaks at my that, that yeah. at that restaurant. We had a abandoned restaurant above us, so we would go up in the abandoned restaurant, smoke heroin, and then go wait tables. And I think it was people have a, a mixed view of heroin. They're like, oh, that he must have been all messed up. Nah, no, I felt great, and everybody got really good service. I mean, it was there's no problem to it. I mean, it can
1: wake you up or it can make you
0: nod. It depends on how much you do.
1: Right. Like
0: when I, like when I did, I did what was the one drug? Uh, Pana. Opana. And I'd never done Opana. It? It's like Opana. oxymorphone. Really? And I snorted some of it, and I was nodding out so bad. I
1: don't. How do I not know that one?
0: It's a rare one, okay uh, but we. But some guy in Charlotte had it when I was going through my trials. Let me just try a little bit, and I mean, I was fucked up. It was. It wasn't as bad as fentanyl, but it was. It was close. It was like I was. You snorted it. Snorted it. Yeah. yeah. Have you shot? Only once. I shot black tar heroin one time. Say I I I loved it. But um. But uh, I got lucky. I moved to Florida. And I, I would have probably been like, I feel good. The next day I didn't feel good, but I was driving to Florida. So I, was, I just was like, ah, eh, I'm over it. But if I had been there, I'd have been like, hey, man, let's try that again. Mm-hmm. And then it could have turned into something worse. Absolutely. And I still
1: have scars on my arm. I don't know if you can see that. But yep. last year, when I was shooting a whatever it was, Bass meth, I missed. And I got a huge abscess right here. Like, my whole arm felt like a spine. Like, if you oh, wow. ran your finger up my arm, it, it was like bump, 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 bump. So I went to the hospital, and it was so bad. They had to cut it open, drain it, stuff it, resty- I restock. There, was are, in pe- my pe- there week. are people that
0: lose limbs from shooting street hair. And, like the and they the don't movie. have to. That's the thing. If you legalize and regulate, and you can get people off of it, but also you stop people from having abscess like that, people from losing limbs. I mean, Well, after you, when you shoot coke, like...
1: it just collapses your veins. Like it's not like shooting heroin, and especially if you miss a little bit. So I had to start going into my neck, especially because I was on probation and I'm serving tables, and I couldn't really serve plates with trap marks up my arm. So I would just go in my neck and I had this big red glass necklace that I just like, like glass beads, that I just wore around my neck that covered it perfectly. Wow. That's, that's it's, a, it was it was disgusting. I mean, yeah, but
0: it's that's the life of the of an addict. Right, you, you figure it out. You figure it out exactly under we prohibition. Sure. That's the life of an addict, yeah. and there's people all over the country that are going through these things, and we're not doing anything about it in this country. We're just basically we're like get off of the stuff. Just get off of it. It's like, right. have you ever been through withdrawals? No. So you don't know what you're talking about. People can't just get off of it. And yeah, you can go to get suboxone, but again, it, it's not as enjoyable. So people are going to relapse because they want to have that high.
1: And then look at the weight to get into a rehab.
0: Oh, and the cost.
1: And first off, this is the trick right here. So if you call around, they'll be like, oh, we have no beds available. We have no beds, we have no beds. If you go into a rehab, just walk in and don't say you're going to kill yourself, but say, I don't know what's going to happen if I walk through those doors. If I walk back out. Yeah. They, by law, well, this is, this is the Baker money. Act. They, by the law, lines. have to bring you in. Yeah. They, they have beds available. They yeah. do. But if you say that, you know, walking out those doors might be the last time you, you walk, pretty much, they have to let you in.
0: Yeah, so that's some advice for an addict if you're going through right horrible. Or you trouble. go into a,
1: what I did last time. I went to a mental hospital, and I just told them, I I told them I was going to kill myself. I said, and they said, well, did you think about it? What would you do? I said I would go down the fifth and west or I don't know if I should say that. I would go down to Philadelphia. I get two twenty bags of coke and I would slam it all, so it was syrup, and have a seizure and just die. And they were like, okay, you're welcome, <laughs> welcomed in. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. it's, as soon as you say something, I mean, I wasn't going to do that, but what, I needed the, needed help, the so help so bad. That to I, I need get to get it. in rehab, so I put myself in the mental hospital and said, I was gonna kill myself just to get a rehab bed. Yeah.
0: So let me, let yes. me ask you this, uh, cause now that you're sober, What advice would you give somebody? Because I might have somebody listening that's going through, I have a friend that might be listening. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give somebody who's going through a horrible fentanyl addiction, whose life's in shambles?
1: What what I just said, Like what helped me was, like I said, I had a fentanyl addiction, my life was in shambles, and I just went to the mental hospital and got a bed right away.
0: Then, I mean, and then, go, and then get everything's on
1: the di- Everything's different for every mean?
0: person, yeah. But but get on suboxone, get off of the street drugs, and it, and it really does suck that that's that's the best thing this country has to offer. But, but you're but gonna is,
1: fucking die if you're shooting yeah, fentanyl. It's it's you have the to inevitable. Choo- you have to You've to fucking die. You're gonna die. And even
0: even if you live for ten more years, those it ten, happened, those 10 so years. It happened
1: to so my friends. It drives me. It, it's so upsetting.
0: And it, it, even if you live ten more years before you finally overdose. those 10 years are meaningless those are just uh, a cycle of addiction and trying to find your high yeah you think
1: you're having fun you think you're feeling great but fuck. like i I just came down here i got this job i got this beautiful apartment working my ass off if i was doing fentanyl again or heroin there's no way i would have this right now
0: yeah yeah, hard work plays off life can get great it's so exciting because look at this So exciting So you're sober now And you're The beach
1: is my backyard she,
0: Living in, in, a, in a nice apartment I'm sitting in a nice apartment I should I should have said this At the beginning yeah. I didn't do this podcast In my studio I'm sitting in an apartment Above a restaurant I play music at you know, On Captiva This place is paradise It's an island Blue water Walking distance I mean this is Absolutely paradise And people pay a lot of money To come visit here Hell yeah And you're clean now And you're living In a beautiful apartment In paradise I mean Life can get better
1: if I was where I was a year and a half ago, I would never have this right now. I paid six months in advance. It was a lot of money,
0: <laughs> but I did it. But you did it and you didn't able it. to do it, that's amazing.
1: Like a year and a half ago, hell no. I wouldn't have money, I don't have money for tomorrow. <laughs> and I paid six months in advance, so now everything that I'm making right now goes right in the bank. It's like an amazing feeling, amazing feeling. It is. I fucking did it. Again. I did it before. I knew I could do it again. I had that
0: one little slip, but. But now you're, like you say, now you're, you're. This is, this is. I'm really happy for you. This is awesome. Thank like, you. Here. I appreciate that. Because it's such hell when you're in the grip of it and you don't think that it worst. will get better. That's. I've talked to one of you my friends. You don't want it to
1: get better sometimes. You think that it's better.
0: Well, my buddy's big thing, when I talk to him about it, his big thing is like, well, I don't want to be sober. I can't be sober. I don't want to be that. It's like it's like so I but they're saying if I go you you know smoke weed. That's that's why I said I was like you you can always smoke weed. I was like but first things first you got to just get sober to get off that stuff. Because you don't want to put yourself in a compromised position in your head by doing other drugs that leads back to uh, it. Right. But at right. the same time, I think weed's okay. I think even if you're going through weed withdrawals, if weed helps, use it. Kratom. Kratom is a huge help. Because I think your are acute withdrawal symptoms, the ones that last for much longer than the first week. The mental weed.
1: stuff. Like the, Kratom
0: will help with all that. Yes, tremendously. Absolutely. So The
1: green manga, I
0: think it's called. Yeah, I, I use Magda. I like that. It's definitely... And it's a a euphoric drug. It's not nearly as powerful as the drug you're addicted to. Do
1: you get high off of it? I do.
0: It's not... You do? It's not like... I so feel ne-
1: normal. I don't feel high. People say that they nod off. Like no, nod I've never on nodded her. off. On it. Granted, I've never There's taken that. There's different kinds, the white and... There
0: is. And I don't... I mean, it depends on how much you take. But but honestly, if you, here's the thing. If you're, <laughs> if you're a, an addicted or on suboxone or to harder drugs, kratom's probably not going to do too much for you. But now that I'm completely off of the other ones, kratom does make me feel... It gives me that energy that, 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 that I liked from it. Right, but, but it doesn't it, make no, you, no, like, I'm not, No, I'm not, like, nodding out or nothing. Right. No. Just makes
1: you feel like I feel good. you get going. I just feel good. Like the suboxone
0: but it's better than coffee coffee makes me feel a little alert and good but Kratom makes me gives me like a warm feeling like I feel warm and and good coffee
1: just makes me shake more
0: but yeah if you have anxiety Kratom just
1: keeps me going
0: yeah
1: it gets me going like and it's not it's not like I'm high it just makes me feel normal like it's hard to explain
0: and you know it's crazy. They tried to outlaw kratom, which thank God that didn't. Act. They actually they did outlaw kratom, but it but the date that was set for it. Did well the date that the DEA was set to to actually ban it. There was a huge petition, and so they um, so they actually reversed the ban, so it never got banned. But they had passed the law and outlaw, and they reversed it because all these ex-soldiers that had got off of harder. Are they air... still
1: selling it then?
0: No, no, because no, they reversed the ban. Oh, oh.
1: Because
0: oh. there was a there was a uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, I can't think. <laughs> but uh,
1: it says right here: consult your physician about potential interactions. Could be dangerous.
0: There's not been any deaths from Kratom, and uh, the only deaths that they, they, the reason they they justified outlawing it was there was like a few suicides from people that had taken Kratom, but the thing that they didn't want to mention was the fact these people were also coming off of heroin and were already having problems with depression, we're on antipsychotic medicine, and they were trying to get better with Kratom, but the Kratom just didn't work good enough, so they killed themselves, and they're like, it's because of the Kratom. No, it has nothing to do with Kratom. And and we're talking about like these are like three cases they brought up where the mother was like we got to ban this. And then I remember a big article in the Gaston newspaper in North Carolina that was like it's the new heroin, it's an epidemic. It's like like, that is nothing
1: like heroin. No, it's the most dangerous article
0: that they post when they post shit like that. Like it's not the new heroin. This is the new heroin because people are getting off of heroin and doing this, and it's safer and better, and and it's helping them. It's helping them. It's it's all natural, and it actually helps with pain too. It helps relieve. Pain. And people, so a lot of people that are addicts are actually in pain, and the doctors are too scared to prescribe somebody long term pain treatment who has long term pain, so they're turning to street drugs. Well, Kratom's a great alternative to street drugs. And again, I think there shouldn't be street drugs. I think we, and you're not going to get rid of them by outlawing them. You know what's work.
1: interesting? You know, in Amsterdam and Holland, they have certain like areas for drug addicts to go and shoot up. And the, Stop, just save, leave them alone uh,
0: what do call safe, or, uh, uh, not it's safe not house not like a shooting
1: gallery but it's, it basically is a shooting gallery but
0: injection, they just say uh, injection go over there injection sites. they have you them in Vancouver just too just go
1: over there and they have nurses there to make yeah. sure if
0: you shoot up and you overdose they're there to save you they do that they in Vancouver have, uh,
1: what, what's it called a prevention point in Philadelphia yeah. and it's an RV and you go up and you, if you return five needles you get uh, 50 or no is it do in return. I'm not sure if it, yeah, there's some like times, whatever. To get
0: the dirty ones off the streets.
1: Get the dirty ones out. Get, they give yeah. you fresh ones to make sure you're safe and, and taking care of yourself. They do AIDS tests right on there, right, like right in the RV. They'll draw your blood and test you. And Yeah. like, that's what we need. Yes. If pe- people are addicts, they're going to be addicts. We need,
0: a need safe that protection. Way. And also... Like, what, don't what, judge, what is, What's don't so bad about us. a heroin addict using heroin if they're not fucking their life up? And like Switzerland. If you're an addict and you go to the doctor and they give you an injection twice a day, you go. And they give you your injection and you go to work and you have a good life. Why is that such That's a problem? Crazy. But, well, it's just like
1: the same thing as taking methadone,
0: I guess, right? Or an alcoholic that has to drink a beer in the morning and then drinks a beer, or drinks a few beers. I said a beer, but a few beers, whatever. And then... but. We accept that because alcohol is legal, but if it's a heroin, then we're like, get it out of here. But and trust me, it, heroin's horrible right now because it's a street drug. If we moved it into the realm of doctors prescribing it to patients, that's true. And again, this is not you something you
1: never know what you're going to get. Exactly,
0: and this this is not an idea like, like you can the fentanyl, go
1: to. Like I don't know where. You huh? could
0: die. People, 105 people die in this country every day of a drug overdose, and we could get that down to zero if we were to do if we were to implement what Switzerland's doing. But here's what politicians say. We don't we don't need to follow the footsteps of other countries. We we do our things our way. We're America.
1: Don't you think an addict wouldn't like if they did have it prescribed by a doctor and the doctor gave them the you know, in quotes, the recommended dose, you don't think the addict in them would want to go and get more? More and more and more and more
0: more. Well, they, they can't get. They, there's only a certain amount they can get, but they well, get. They'd get but, but, they'd well, they get illegally. They want to get high. But, but they have actually eliminated the black market mostly. So while there might still be somebody on the streets for them, but also they can talk to their doctor about they need more, or they're going to go to the streets. The doctor can up the dose. If you're not feeling it right, you need more. They can up the dose. But also they're giving therapy and they're giving a regulated dose. So a lot of them are wanting less. They're like I'm get I'm, I'm getting my life back. I got my kids. I'm at work. Actually, I want to do right, less. Right, feel better. And I feel better. You don't need to get high. I don't need to get high because my life. Back in order. Right. And when people's lives are back in order, they don't want to be addicted. They want to get clean. See, I did. But some people will be on it the rest of their life. I just
1: wanted to feel fucked up, like all the time. All the time.
0: But I think once you get in a really good I place. I still you, do. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, some people will honestly wanna be high on it for the rest of their life and they can in that country and it's not the big it's not the end of the world. That's just how you wanna live your life. That's your right to live your life how you want to. But in this country we have this idea that no, you can live your life this way, but you can't live it this way. If you wanna if you wanna smoke pot in Colorado, okay. You wanna smoke pot in Georgia, not okay. If you wanna Right it's like right. These, these weird things. It's like well why do I got you arrested this guy?
1: two years ago for a fucking week then. I had to pay what? It's all about money. I $400 when they put me in handcuffs I'm like are you kidding me for weed you're arresting me right now
0: it's ridiculous it's fucking ridiculous and
1: all I had to do was go to the doctor get my marijuana license which I did again all about money got my suboxone prescription when I went to the uh, the classes or whatever I had to give a drug test she's like you tested positive for marijuana and suboxone I said Here's my card. Here's my prescription. That's all I had to do.
0: Yeah, it's all about money. that money. People that can't afford that.
1: Exactly. Are
0: and a lot of poor people. But why? Honestly, why? Why? Why was I arrested? For marijuana. For it's, weed it's, and weed.
1: and the suboxone. He just said, "Do you have a script for this?" I didn't at the time, and I was like, "Yep." He's like, "Okay." Are you fucking kidding me? The suboxone is what you should have fucking arrested me for. Well, I don't think you should shot anybody the, for prescription well, drugs. Period. But still the marijuana is a safer
0: and, safer drug but either one any but is that's what, so more illegal what, what Oregon just did they decriminalized all drugs meaning if you have a personal amount of drugs that is not, obviously not for sale that's, this is no longer a crime and it should never have been a crime My, what about my individual rights you're telling me I can't have a plant in my pocket that you don't like this is my. This is for me. I'm gonna ingest this, and it's none of your fucking business. It's like the movie Blow. <laughs> yes, exactly. I did think about that. What? When I took a few plants across an imaginary line. She's well, like, fortunately, those plants were illegal, <laughs> and that <laughs> line was the Chicago or the Illinois border, or whatever. But um, but again, he was his point was actually far more right. True. I, but it's just the way our laws are written, and it's such a, a ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, system we have that violates all of our rights. I mean, we're supposed to have the right to pursue happiness. If I want to pursue happiness with drugs, is that not my right? Um, you know, we, we have uh, the, the right to... Uh, but then the you fo- get the
1: crazy people that, like, do it around their kids and...
0: People drink around their kids. I'm telling you, people in Switzerland that are on heroin are doing it around it's, their it's kids. It's
1: just like gun carriers, you know what I mean? Like, people have guns and they don't abuse it the right and people That's have what it is. and...
0: Yeah, actually, I did, I did a thing about Nancy Grace because she, she did a, a debate with 2 Chains, the rapper, where she showed a video of kids. Like, I'm talking about kids in diapers smoking blunts. And she's like, this is this is what happens with marijuana. I'm like, first of all, this is marijuana under prohibition because where they're smoking it is not even legal, first of all. Second of all, that's child abuse. That has nothing to do with pot. Child abuse. Some people exactly. beat their kids with belts. Yeah. Exactly. If you beat your kid with a belt, should we outlaw belts because some people misuse their belts? No, we should arrest them for child abuse. Same with this. This is child abuse. Yes? Right. People have alcohol in their house. You don't have a problem. Some kids will be- break into their parents' ki- medicine cabinet because they're not responsible with their alcohol, and the kids will drink it. Again, we should not allow alcohol. We should make sure that people understand safety, child abuse, and all these things, and stop that from happening. But as an adult, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about being arrested for something I'm choosing to do with my own body. It's, it's pretty much that simple. I think Addiction's is not that simple. That's it's a true. complex issue. Mm-hmm. But again. We need to handle it in a way, like we're all adults in this country, and say, all right, what are we gonna do about addiction? Let's start giving addicts the drug they're addicted to. Let's start giving them therapy. Let's start making them making them better. But, well, I hate to cut this short, because um, we've only been about 45 minutes. I usually do about an hour. But um, I have to go uh, set up and play next door, and I gotta eat my eat my lunch. Yes. But this is a great conversation. If you wanna do another one at some point, down to dinner, talk about sense. this. But, um, but yeah, so I'm in Captiva. Here with Linda, this was the Peace on Drugs podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely great. Glad you told your story. I I hope I hope it can help somebody out there just understand that your life can be so much better if you get off the drugs, and it's and it's because of our current system and the government. But unfortunately, right now, the best thing you can do is get off of these drugs. And And if you
1: can't, there's always a way that you can. Yes. Like there's there's medication. There's doctors. Like
0: do whatever you need to do. Let's look at this. Uh, from doing heroin and being addicted to having uh, your own place in Captiva and Paradise, life can get better. So I, I hope this could help somebody and hope it was informative. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. All right. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Linda Smith in Captiva. This is our song, Friend of Mine, by Megan Rose and Aaron Akoulis. If you want to listen to it again, you can hear it on SoundCloud. Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Akulis, A-K-U-L-I-S. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening.
2: She speaks with trembling, coffee-stainless, she's a fire. She can see the worst in you Her past is a billowing tragedy She cannot complete